Hi everyone, welcome back to The Moon and You, the podcast that's all about the changing signs of the new moon and how we can vibe with them to unlock our ultimate potential. My name's Jonah, I'm an Aussie living in South London, and in this episode we're going to be exploring the sign of Sagittarius. Sagittarius is the last of the fire signs in the zodiac, following Aries and Leo, and the name Sagittarius is Latin for Archer. It's ruled by the planet Jupiter, which is the largest planet in our solar system and has qualities of expansion and abundance. The constellation of Sagittarius is one of the busiest constellations in the sky. It's shaped like a centaur drawing its bow, aimed directly at Antares, which you might remember from the last episode, is the heart of the Scorpius constellation. Sagittarius is also home to a number of nebulae, most aptly the Horseshoe Nebula, and interestingly, it's got the most amount of stars with known planets in our, in our night sky. I reference that Jupiter is the planet of expansion and abundance, and keep in mind that it's the biggest planet in our solar system. What you might not be aware of is that that big famous red spot called the Eye of Jupiter is actually the biggest storm in the solar system, and it's so big that it can fit the whole of planet Earth within it. So it's fair to say that there's nothing small or understated about this sign at all. I'll begin, as always, by sharing some seasonal observations. And the first and probably most exciting one that I've picked up is that here in London, under the guise of Sagittarius, we've finally had our first frost. Around me, I can see that trees are naked. um, And over the month, I've seen this beautiful Japanese maple um, across the street from me sort of uh, change the colour of its leaves from yellow to red to brown, and I've seen them curl up into little fists or sort of bird claws um, over the over the past month. But just last weekend we had quite a windy one, and since then it's been entirely naked. So now it's just got these fiery red pokers um, sort of contrasting against the grey sky. It's also perpetually damp, as you would expect at this time of year. And when I look around my local parks, I can see that there are sort of pillows and blankets of leaves everywhere. So I'm really enjoying the vibrant yellows, reds and greens, um, particularly the, the leaves that are falling off ornamental pears. They look almost painted and perfect in, in every way. Something that's also made me quite excited this month is that I've noticed that my local magnolia trees are already starting to bud. Um, Magnolias are my favourite tree, they're my favourite flower, and I really do enjoy the process of watching those buds swell over the colder months and then bloom in spring. I've also noticed that birdsong is a lot more intermittent at this time of year. Um, you do get the occasional uh, sing-along from robins and wrens, um, and the highlight of my month was seeing a little red-breasted robin hopping about by my local pub, almost um, sort of caroling as it like skipped along its merry way. And it inspired me to look into some of the local legends and stories around the robin, um, and I came across a really beautiful one that I want to share with you. I'm going to share the pre-Christian story about the robin and the wren. Um, if you look into post-Christian stories about the robin, they say that he got his red breast from swimming in the blood of Jesus or something really gross and macabre like that. Um, but in this one, which is a lot cuter, um, it's set uh, in a time before time before there was any fire. And in this time, humankind was miserable and cold. 
So Wren, ever the generous bird, took it upon herself to fly to the underworld. She flew deeper and deeper into its fiery mouth until she came across some burning coals. She loved the warm sensation that they gave, so she picked one up in her beak and started flying towards the exit. But as she flowed, the heat got so intense that it burned her, singeing her tail feathers short. By the time she arose from the underworld, she was in a vortex of brilliant flame, and Robin, who was forever brave and true, wrapped his wings around her to muffle the flames, pressing his chest tight against her. From then on, Wren's tail feathers were short, and Robin's chest was marked a brilliant red. So, Robin's aside, outside of the city, it's not the most fruitful or abundant time of year, but some plants like wild garlic are still growing strong. I think there's a sense of peacefulness that comes with Sagittarius season as nature pulls up a leafy blanket and kind of tucks herself into bed for the winter. Sagittarius season closes around the winter solstice, which, as we know, is the longest night. So while it's cold and miserable, uh, streets, houses and trees are being covered in beautiful festive lights, which really helps lift everyone's mood. The word December is in reference to it being the 10th month in the old school calendar, but in Old English, this month was referred to as Oak Month, which sort of pays reverence to the fortitude of the sturdy oak throughout the wind and the rain and the frosts of this time of year. We've continued and even exported some old traditions around this time of year. So things like adorning houses with holly leaves, glossy holly leaves, mistletoe and boughs of pine have has been happening for hundreds of years in these parts of the world. And something that I learned this month is that the berries of winter fruits, like the holly, are the precursors to modern-day fairy lights. So that tradition lives on even in the modern day. But moving on to the stories of Sagittarius itself... In classical Greek myth, most uh, sort of recollections connect the constellation of Sagittarius to Chiron, the centaur, who was the son of Cronus um, and conceived while Cronus was in stallion form. Because he was the son of Cronus, he was born as an immortal, but because of his half-human, half-horse uh, uh, configuration, he was abandoned at birth. Unlike his centaur peers, Chiron was nurtured into a patient, gentle, and wise guardian of medicine and heroic feats. Other centaurs, when you recall all of the Greek myths, were savage and cruel, known to be um, abrasive and selfish and mean. But Chiron was taken under the wing of Apollo as a baby, um, and Apollo became something like a stepfather figure to Chiron throughout his, his uh, growth. Apollo passed on his skill of prophecy and healing, and in time Chiron becomes a sort of forefather of, of medicine and passes his skills on to Asclepius, who is the sort of lesser-known deity of medicine and the healing arts. Chiron, of course, was uh, the son of Cronos, so he was gifted with immortality, and he was very old. He grew wiser as he grew older, and in time he became recognised as a respected seer, healer, and guide and mentor to some of the greatest heroes in Greek myth, including Jason, Achilles, and Perseus. When you look at depictions of Chiron, he is set apart from his centaur peers who are normally pictured as having the full body of a horse and a human torso. Chiron, interestingly, is depicted as a fully grown man with the horse's hind coming out of his back. This sets him apart. 
And while Chiron has an illustrious career as a mentor and coach, uh, the story of Sagittarius and the constellation is tied to his death. And when death is involved, Hercules is often involved as well. So lo and behold, Hercules plays a part in his story, like he does many others in the Zodiac. In this telling, one day Hercules takes a rest after one of his many trials where he defeats the Aramanthian boar. He's lying there, relaxing in the sun and drinking some wine to relax. This is unwise to do when you're close to the forest, because wild, gluttonous and lusty centaurs roam there. The smell of wine draws them from the undergrowth, and they lick their lips seeing the flask and wanting it for themselves. While Hercules rests, they take their chance and move on in. Hercules, as we know, is gifted with supernatural strength and just a lot of good luck, so he catches them in time and springs up and into action. They recognise him as the man with the strength of 10,000 men, so they flee. They flee into the forest, but Herc follows closely behind. The centaurs eventually find the cave of Chiron, and they take rest in there, seeking refuge. Hercules sees them enter, and lets them have it, shooting arrows dipped in the blood of the hydra he defeated earlier, which is a potent poison bringing about instant death. Chiron, very confused about what's happening, gets one of these arrows shot into his thigh. While all the other centaurs lay dead at their feet, Chiron, who is blessed or cursed with immortality, does not. Instead, he enters a half-life of enduring and excruciating pain, driving him to madness. Hercules takes pity on him, and recognises him as the guide and mentor to many of his peers. So he approaches his father Zeus, and brokers a deal with him. He says, free Chiron from his immortality, in exchange for Prometheus's life. Prometheus, you might remember, is the one who stole the fire from the gods and gave it to humankind, and as punishment, Zeus had him chained and his liver shredded over and over by an eagle. Zeus obliged, and in honour of Chiron's accomplishments and the suffering he endured, he placed Chiron in the sky as the constellation of Sagittarius. There is an alternate story about the constellation of Sagittarius, and some recounts of Greek mythology connect it to Krotos, who was the satyr that was a companion to the Nine Muses. The Nine Muses, if you're not familiar, were Cleo, the muse of poetry, Euterpe, the muse of music, Talia, the muse of comedy, Melpomene, the muse of tragedy, Terpsichore, the muse of dance, Arato, the muse of love poetry, Polyhymnia, the muse of sacred poetry and hymns, Urania, the muse of astronomy, and famously Calliope, the muse of great stories, epic poetry, and eloquence. Krotos was an incredibly skilled and talented hunter, and some credit him with the creation of the hunting bow, which links him neatly with the constellation of Sagittarius. Looking elsewhere around the ancient world, the Sumerians also saw a centaur-like figure holding a bow and attributed the constellation of Sagittarius to Pabilsag, who is a warrior god. Interestingly, he also dabbled in medicine and played the role of a judge, depending on what time period and account. Interestingly, over time he became syncretized with the great god Ninurta, who was kind of the big boss of Mesopotamian war gods. 
one of his trinkets, his mace, called Sha-Ru, was capable of speech and reason, giving strategic advice. In one story, Sha-Ru convinced Ninurta to battle the demon of sickness and disease, named Asag. It'll be fine, Sha-Ru said, but fine it was not. When Ninurta arrived, he found that Asag had mobilised armies of rock warriors and noxious plants to defend himself. Ninurta turned to flee, but Sha-Ru assured him that all would be well. It was, thankfully, and he was eventually victorious. However, Asag and his cronies were also responsible for keeping the brackish waters at bay from the fresh waters of the Tigris, upon which the entire valley depended. Ninurta, using a stroke of genius, used the bodies of the fallen rocks and plants to create a barrier, drawing praise and attention from his fellow gods. Reflecting on these stories, I can see how Sagittarian attributes include philosophy, medicine, adventure, and travel. Sagittarius, in Chiron form, teaches us about our better nature and potential to rise above. Chiron represents culture, knowledge, education, and growth, and is a reminder of our infinite potential to explore and question. His death also brings up questions like, was Hercules' temper tantrum justified? There was so much collateral damage. Are we really ourselves if we're totally consumed in pain? How can we heal others if we ourselves are hurting? I think the centaur imagery brings about the best of both worlds, the strength and endurance of a horse and the complex thinking of humankind. These capture the essence of Sagittarius, philosophy and adventure. It's curious that all of the fire signs have an animalistic energy about them. We explored Aries and the go-getting energy of that golden ram, and Leo the lion, which questions the nature versus nurture divide. I think that Sagittarius is less divisive because it actually embodies all of these points. And with Jupiter, the planet of expansion as its ruler, Sagittarius is all about opportunity, opportunity to question ourselves, to philosophize and to reflect. Importantly, it also teaches us to take the wheel and steer our own adventure. Sagittarius as Krotos the satyr who spent company with the muses teaches us to stay inspired. It's pretty grim out there, so now is a good time to enjoy the fruits of all of this creative thinking, reading books, watching films, listening to poems. And as a skilled hunter, he too touches on that theme of adventure. This connection to healing and medicine features in both Greek and Sumerian lore. And I think it's true to say that this time of year can be difficult in the lead up to the winter solstice, Christmas, whatever you celebrate. And Sagittarius reminds us to firstly, care for ourselves. So don't be like me and totally overindulge, which I very easily do. But think about how you can care for your sort of your body and your mind through this period. I think it's also a good time to reflect on what fills our cup, what heals us and what harms us emotionally and spiritually. Sagittarius is, after all, the great healer, and today's meditation focuses exactly on that. Start by finding somewhere comfortable to sit or lie for the duration of this exercise. And slowly, yet surely, 
draw your attention to your breath. Breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. In through your nose and out through your mouth. In through your nose and with every breath feeling yourself relax and out through your mouth, sinking deeper and deeper into your body and presence. In through the nose and out through the mouth. Keep your consciousness focused on this flow. In through the nose, feeling your chest expand. And out through your mouth, feeling your abdomen contract. In through the nose. And out through your mouth. Sagittarius calls us to question the relationships that we have with ourself and with the people around us. So in your mind's eye, I want you to conjure up a picture, an image of the people this year that have harmed you or made you feel uncomfortable. Imagine them as connected to you from heart to heart by an invisible string. Focus on your breath. Know that this is a safe space of reflection. But hold those images in your mind's eye. Sagittarius asks us to question things deeper. So spend a few moments reflecting on each individual and the lessons that they may have gifted you throughout this year. Keep breathing through it, even if it's uncomfortable. And now reflect on the lessons that you may have taught them. Breathing through it. Breathing through the discomfort. Sagittarius challenges us to also free ourselves of mental shackles that limit our own sense of adventure and our next step forwards. So with peace and gratitude, imagine a pair of scissors in your hand and gently yet purposefully Cut the cord that connects you to that person, sending them away with love, with forgiveness, and with tender thoughts of their well-being. Let yourself feel lighter and less burdened by the weight that they hold around your heart. While sometimes it's difficult to let go, it's a healing step and opens up space for more love, more acceptance, and more heart connections in our life.
as you cut each cord, imagine that person or that picture fading away gently and gracefully into the distance, with nothing but goodwill and good intention from your end sustaining them through that process. With each cut, feel lighter and freer. Now, in your mind's eye, picture the people this year that have brought you the most love, that have brought you the most laughter, and that have given you the most care and support. Picture them standing around you like giants, placing hands on your shoulder on your knees, smiling at you. They may be living, they may not be living, but let yourself be encircled by this love and appreciation. Feel that warm golden glow of appreciation and support circling around you, mending your heart, where those pieces of broken string remain. Let that golden love, gratitude and thankfulness make your heart stronger, washing it gold, making it strong, full of purpose, full of giving and full of love. Hold this space of love, appreciation and care for as long as you may need. Feeling in your body and out of your body at the same time. Awash with love, with gratitude, with laughter and appreciation for those that you know and care about. And when you're ready to return to the waking world, bring your attention slowly and surely back to your body, to your weight, and to your breath. Slowly waking up the endpoints of your limbs, your fingers, your toes, moving up towards your elbows, knees, pelvis and shoulders, to your torso, to your neck, to your jaw, finally to your eyes. And when you are ready, open your eyes to return to the waking world. I hope you found that healing and you've still got a smile on your face. Um, so as we close off Sagittarius season, um, I guess some of the practical things that we can take forward are things like reflecting. It's clearly a powerful time, but Jupiter is here to remind us and to help us to be bigger, better people. So it's a good time to carve out space just to reflect on where you've been this year and where you might want to take that going forward. Under the sign of Sagittarius, it's also a great opportunity to be bold and brave in starting a new adventure. So plant those early seeds about what you'd like to take into the next calendar year. 
touching on the realm of sort of education, medicine, and philosophy, it's also a great idea to start educating yourself in something new. So perhaps you could pick up a book that you normally wouldn't, or listen to a podcast on a topic that you've been curious about but have never had the time to engage in. I hope you enjoy the rest of Sagittarius season and enjoy the new year as well. Um, when we next speak, it'll be Capricorn season. So until then, bye. Bye.